Good morning, Hope Vale. Let's rise to our feet and worship the Lord today. A lot to be thankful for. Oftentimes coming into church, I'm reminded of Psalm 150. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Another great day to set our perspective right, to count our blessings, and to come in and just tell God thank you for all that I have. It's a great day to do that. All right.
great promise to walk into and declare and to hear from church today. So God bless you, gang. Glad you're here. Uh, while you're standing, take just a sec and say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Shannon Ramler, Director of Community Groups at Hopevale Church. You probably have heard about groups. We consider them centers of life. Groups embody our church's mission to be a community of grace and truth, inviting people to know and follow Jesus. They give us tangible opportunities to connect, grow, and serve together. Typically, groups consist of 10 to 15 people who meet weekly or twice monthly all around the Great Lakes Bay region. There's a place for you. There are several ways to find a group that fits you. Access our Find a Group feature on the web, stop by our Connect, Grow, Serve desk on Sunday mornings, ask community group leaders or members, attend community group area info meetings, email me or my assistant. We're waiting for you. Maybe some of you heard, there, good morning again, Hopevale. It's great to be here today. Uh, thanks for taking a moment to check out that video. You know, community groups are something that we believe in very deeply around here. That church is much more than just coming to this room on a Sunday morning and worshiping together, which is also important, but it's more than that. It's, it's going deeper and connecting with others and doing life together. And so that's really what community groups are all about. And so if you have been around Hopevale for a while and uh, haven't maybe uh, jumped into a group, we would encourage you to just kind of begin exploring that option. And there's uh, some tables set up in the middle of the lobby that we would just encourage you to go check out, uh, get some more information, ask some questions, and just consider taking that next step here at Hopevale. Well, uh, I am joined by other people in green shirts behind me, so let me explain what this is all about. We want to take a moment in the service to commission a team that we have going to Haiti this coming February. So we're going to be traveling uh, February 9th to the 17th. And one of our outreach partners is actually located in northeastern Haiti in a, a town called Wanaminth. And uh, Institution Univers is there, and they are a school, uh, K through grade 13, of about 2,400 students. In addition to that, they've got a medical clinic. They do a lot of postgraduate, uh, hands-on type training, job training, and things like that. So we're really excited about the opportunity that we have to go and to serve alongside them and just the great work and ministry that they do. And so they're going to put us to work just uh, giving us the opportunity to do some projects alongside of the people that they have on staff there and also do a pastor's conference that brings in about, a, about 200 pastors from all over Haiti and just gives us an opportunity to provide some training and resourcing to them and their ministries all over Haiti. So we're very excited about that and just wanted to take a moment this morning to share what we're doing and uh, just make sure that we, we know that these things are taking place and that you are supporting that uh, through your, your uh, support of this congregation, this church. And so we're going to do something a little different this morning. Actually, after first service as a team, we're going to be in the library. And so if you just want to uh, join us in there and ask some questions about mission trips at Hopevale, find out more information about what this team will be doing specifically, and then uh, just how you can be in prayer for us, we would love to visit with you in the library after this service. So 
Uh, right now, we're just going to take a moment to pray and just put uh, the work and this team in God's hands. We're looking forward to what he's going to do through us. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to serve you. And Lord, part of what we talked about this morning, you know, these words of we're all about connecting and growing and serving together. And those three elements take place in a huge way through these mission trips, God. And we really feel like you have entrusted us with uh, many global relationships, global partnerships that we have in ministry. And so, God, thank you for that partnership that we've had with uh, Institution Univers over the years and just for this team and their willingness to step forward, to follow your nudge and your leading in their lives to be a part of this work this coming February. And so, God, just prepare us uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally for everything that you have in store for us as we travel there. Uh, and God, that we would just be a blessing to others in your name and through it all, just draw closer to you and the work uh, that you're doing in Haiti. God, we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we just take a moment to uh, give us a hand of uh, round of applause, show support? Thank you guys very much. Uh, at this time, as we continue in the worship service this morning, I want to invite the ushers to come forward as we prepare to give. You know, we really have an incredible opportunity uh, here as a congregation, you know, to not only make great impacts right here in our own backyard, but around the world as well. And it's neat to see and to have that kind of front row seat to how God is working in people's lives. You know, he is the only one who can truly make dead things alive. That's what he is in the business of doing. And so just, you know, as we give, keeping that mental picture in mind, you know, that we are giving to the work that God is doing all around us. And we, we have a privilege to be a part of that. Uh, so let's go to the Lord again in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, we do love you. Uh, it, it is a great privilege to be able to serve you with our lives, God. And as we look around here on a Sunday morning, we see that happening all over the place. You know, it's not just about giving financial dollars and resources. Uh, it's people resources. It's time. It's passion. It's energy. So, God, whether it's those who are greeting us when we walk through the doors or uh, putting on some great coffee to ushers and uh, the worship team behind me, God, there are so many things, so many ways that the body is working together to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with us, with all of us, God. We need to hear that. We need to be reminded of these truths of who you are, how much you love us, what you have done for us, and then just how we can serve you with our lives. And so, God, as we give together, would you just take and multiply these offerings for your glory and the expansion of your kingdom here on this earth as it is in heaven. God, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Adam. Hey gang, my name is Billy. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, glad you're here for worship today. Um, we know Hope Vale is kind of a big place, so inevitably, it's sometimes it's somebody's first time here. And if you came, uh, you're coming on a, a great day. Uh, it's always a great day here at Hope Vale, but um, you know, and glad you found a seat. <laughs> it's kind of a packed day today. It's an awesome problem to have in a church. Um, hey, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine uh, that played uh, violin this morning uh, as you walked in. His name is Mike Hilliker, and Mike uh, ha now hails from the Denver, Colorado area, but he's a, a, a southern Michigan boy uh, through and through, and um, so he's here today. He's uh, visiting over the last couple weeks, and 
doing some different things around the Detroit area and, and southern Michigan area, but he's here with us today and uh, is our guest, uh, just a guest uh, musician and guest worship leader and going to be singing a song for us. Um, Mike and I uh, worked together at my last church. He was on my uh, worship arts staff there and he was a phenomenal add to what we were doing at the time. And um, so Mike uh, sang this song at our, our last church, Grace So Glorious. Some of you may know it. It's been around for a few years by Elevation Worship. And whenever he sang it, man, I got to tell you, like my, you know that lump you get in your throat uh, when somebody sings a song? And the song just does that itself. But when he sings it, man, it does something to me. So I hope it does something to you too today. Um, hey, we're going to finish uh, collecting the offering. Go ahead and remain seated uh, while it's still being collected. And we'll get you up in just a minute. And uh, we're going to do this song here and uh, sing along when you know it. Grace so glorious. Take us in, Mark.
blessing it is to sing your story and to hear that sung over us. It's going to be a day when we see you face to face, but until that day, um, God, would you find us worshiping you here? Until that day comes, may you find us seeking you um, 
the seeking your word and seeking your purposes. And God, may today be a day where we just say, here we are. Here's our heart. Here's our lives. What would you have for us today, God? How would you desire to speak today? There's a word you have for us every day, every moment. So God, we ask your continued blessing as we move in worship in these moments.
And so that's our heart, God. Would you speak? Bless Pastor Dan as he comes to deliver today's word. We pray in Jesus' name as a church and we all say, amen. God bless you, gang. Have a seat. everyone. Wow, great worship, huh? They've done a tremendous job of bringing us into the presence of God and giving us a, a vehicle, a vessel, just to express our hearts to the Lord. That last song we sang, uh, Here's My Heart, Lord, Speak What Is True. I got to tell you, I love that we sing that song here. I really do. And one of the reasons I really love that is that song has a lot of personal meaning for me. It's one that I've used as a prayer before to the Lord when I don't know what to pray. Does that ever happen to you? You want to pray and you just don't have words? It happens to me. I want to pray, I want to seek God, but I can't quite form the right sentences. And so there's a song like this that really helps me fill the gaps. Here's my heart, Lord, speak what is true. And here's why I like it so much. See, when we're going through difficult times, it's hard to keep a proper perspective on what is true and real and right. It is. We're like a child at bedtime, and harmless shadows in our lives can turn into scary monsters. And those monsters can play on our fears. They dominate our thoughts and our feelings. And left unchecked, they soon become the reality of what we think is true and real and right, even if it's not. That's why when we turn a song like this into a prayer, we're asking God to step in, to take over, and to shine his light into our darkness so that we can see things, what? As they really are, rather than how they appear to us in the midst of our trials. God, you're strong, you're sure, you're life, you endure You are good, always true. You are light breaking through, and sometimes we need his light just to break through our darkness, don't we? This is one of the best things you can pray, but you know what? It's also one of the hardest things to pray. It is, because praying like this means letting go. Praying like this means giving up control, and some of us, we'd rather cling to the darkness than surrender to the light. Why? Because clinging means we're still in charge. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you might be, whatever you're going through, to take the risk of letting go today. To let go and to offer your heart to God. Why? So that you can receive the liberating truth that he wants to speak into your life today. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Speak what is true about you as my heavenly father. Speak what is true about me as your beloved child. May your light break through my darkness this day this week, this season of difficulty that I'm going through that seems to have no end. Speak what is true. Well, I felt like I needed to share that this morning because I know that many of you here walk into, you know, service on a Sunday and you're carrying some pretty heavy burdens, some pretty heavy burdens. 
And over these last couple weeks, as we've been talking about vision for the future of our church, you see all this excitement going on, but you feel like you can't lift up your eyes and even begin to think about the future. Of a service like today reminds you that you're not alone. You're not alone. God is right there with you, and there are others here in this church who want to walk that road with you as well. See, that what it, that's what it means to be a church. That's what it means to be a community of grace and truth. We remind each other of what is true, and we walk together along that road. Well, Today, I want to continue our message series entitled Vision, where we've been talking about our next big step as a church to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City in February of 2018, to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City in February of 2018. If you missed the last couple weeks or this is your first Sunday with us, I'd encourage you to check out those messages on our website or on our mobile app, and you can catch up on everything that I've shared so far. Last week, Pastor Steve, who's going to be our campus pastor in Bay City, told you about a couple Bay City vision meetings that are coming up soon. They're going to be town hall type meetings that are designed to be interactive, so you'll not only hear more details from some of our leaders, but you'll have the opportunity as well to just ask any questions that you might have. So here are the specifics, that we're going to host two Bay City vision meetings, one in Saginaw, one in Bay City, The one here is next Sunday, okay? So a week from today, 12.30, right in our auditorium here. It'll go for about an hour. We'll have some light refreshments as well. And then later that week, on Wednesday night, October 11th at 7 o'clock, we're going to meet in the cafeteria of John Glenn High School. So John Glenn is located on Kiesel Road in Bangor Township. It's just south of Wilder and just west of Euclid. So Two meetings, uh, similar content, you know, go to the one that works best for you. And then there's one other uh, meeting I want to mention as well, that two weeks from today, we're going to host what we're calling a Bay City Core Gathering on Sunday, October 15th. It's going to be at 9.30 a.m. It's during this first service time slot, and we're going to meet right here on North Campus in the venue, which is a gathering room just off to my right. This is for the committed in the curious when it comes to be part of the founding core of Hopevale Bay City. And so Pastor Steve and some of our other leaders who are going to be involved in the launch are going to guide that time. There'll be things like worship and prayer and vision casting and scripture shared. It's just all part of God beginning to bring this group together as a new church body. Now some of you are already on board. You're ready to go. You're part of the committed And I think that's great. And there are others of you who are thinking about, praying about, getting involved, and that's great too. The the curious among you. If you fall into those categories, I'd encourage you to go, check it out, make plans to join us then in the second service on that Sunday, the 15th at 11.15 a.m. So those are a few things coming up. But looking back, you know, in the first two weeks of our vision series, we've already covered a lot of ground. We've talked about a lot, we really have, that when it comes to us making the move to begin a Hopevale Church in Bay City, we've looked at the what, the where, the when, the who, and the why. And we talked about those first four in week one, and then last week, we spent a lot of time thinking about the why behind everything we're doing, the purpose, the motive, right? 
And so we talked about our mission statement as a church that we are a community of grace and truth inviting people to know and follow Jesus. And how the Bible tells us that this invitation for other people to know and follow Jesus with us is an invitation to life. It's an invitation to eternal life. It's an invitation to the life we're created for. It's an invitation to the life that we were always meant to experience, the life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And so we saw in 1 John chapter 5 these words, and this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son is life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And there are many of you here as believers in Jesus Christ who know and follow Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you know what it means to enter into and to experience forever this kind of life that's talked about here, the eternal life that Jesus freely gives to all who believe. And as that life works in you, it grows your heart. It opens your eyes to the needs around you. And so it's from this place of love, both in your life individually, but also in our lives together corporately as a church, that we then extend this invitation to life to as many people as possible. See, that's why we're taking this step of faith and making the move to begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City. The what, the where, the when, the who, the why. But there's one last thing we need to talk about, and that's the how. How? How are we going to do this? What's it going to take from us to see God turn this vision into a reality? How's that going to happen? See, we can't underestimate the how question. We really can't, because we can have the best visions and dreams of what we would see God do in the future, you know, but if we don't have a plan, if we haven't thought through how that's going to happen, then all we're going to be left with is the emptiness and disappointment and frustration of a bunch of unfulfilled dreams. So let's talk about the how today. And as we start, let me just say up front that this vision to begin a Hopevale Church in Bay City, this is ultimately going to be God's work and not ours. Ultimately God's work and not ours. Just like it says in Psalm 127, that unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. And so ignoring God completely as we do this simply isn't an option. And yet on the other hand, that when we say it's ultimately God's work, that doesn't mean we just get to kick back and take it easy. You know, let God and let go and let God, right? Because irresponsibility is just as bad as taking full responsibility. No, we need to land somewhere in between these two extremes. And I describe it this way. Like, how is all this going to happen? Well, it's got to be a combination of God's supernatural provision and our responsible cooperation. God's supernatural provision and our responsible cooperation. That's why faith is so important. That's why prayer is so important. We need to believe that the God that we've been worshiping today is truly going to do some miraculous things among us. We've got to believe it. And all that starts with his supernatural provision. Now, when I talk about God's supernatural provision, this can be a lot of things. It can be anything from faith and wisdom to courage and stamina. It can be anything from our gifts and abilities to our resources and our finances. And you need to remember that this kind of faith in God, this is part of the Hope Bell legacy. To what we saw in week one, that whether it's the martyred missionaries 
from the Philippines in World War II, our church founders back in the 1950s, or present-day members like some of you who were part of the amazing story of this facility back in 2010. The era may have been different, but our God is still the same. He is still the same, so it starts with God's supernatural provision, but it's also a matter of our responsible cooperation. Our responsible cooperation. Like I said last week, yes, God ultimately gets the credit, but he also uses people. He does. He uses ordinary, run-of-the-mill, everyday Christians like you and me. You know, if you think about it, you know, that really, in essence, is the story of the Bible. It's a story of people who are either cooperative or resistant toward God. It's a story of people who are either obedient or disobedient. Now, thankfully, God doesn't demand perfection from us. There is mercy when we fall. And yet in that failure, he wants us to get up again and get back in the game. So what? So that we can once again responsibly cooperate with whatever he asks us to do. It's God's supernatural provision plus our responsible cooperation. That's how the work of the Lord gets done in this world. So when it comes to us beginning a Hopefield Church in Bay City, what exactly then will this responsible cooperation look like? How should that play out here for us who are part of this community of grace and truth? Well, there's a specific word in the Bible that's used to describe this idea of responsible cooperation, and that word is stewardship. Stewardship. Now, I know that's a word we don't normally use in our everyday conversations, so some of you might not know what that means. Others of you may have heard it before in a church context, and you equate that with giving money, like the expression, we're having a stewardship campaign or something like that. Well, stewardship does include the idea of money, wealth, and possessions, but it's not limited to that. No, the idea behind stewardship at its core has to do with the management of resources, the management of resources, or more specifically, I define it this way, you can see on the screen, it's the management of entrusted resources that belong to another to further their agenda in the best possible way, right? They're entrusted resources that are given to us. They don't belong to us, they're given to us. And we're to use them not to further our own agenda, but someone else's in the best possible way. And so when you look in the Bible, you see that the word stewardship is one of the words that describes our relationship with God. We are stewards, we are managers of the resources that he entrusts to us so that we can use those resources to further his kingdom agenda in this world in the best possible way. Does that make sense? That is the concept behind stewardship. So what exactly then are the resources he gives us that we're called the steward? Well, according to the Bible, you can divide them into three categories. Our time, our talent, and our treasure. Our time, the hours we have, right, every week. How many hours do we have in a week? 168, nicely done, yes. Our talent, right? These are both our natural abilities and our spiritual gifts and our treasure, our money, our wealth, our stuff, all that. And all three of these are the resources that God entrusts to us so that we can use to glorify him and bless other people. Our time, our talent, our treasure. And so whether it's God's work in this world in general or it's our move to begin a Hopevale Church in Bay City in particular, our stewardship, right, of these resources is the way that we responsibly cooperate with God. And so for the rest of our message today, I want to drill down deeper 
into the details and talk more about those first two, the stewardship of our time and our talent, and what is going to be needed for us to launch this new work in Bay City. So here's my bottom line. You don't get anything else, get this. That whether you're going to Bay City or staying here in Saginaw, we need your time and we need your talent. For this thing to work, whether you're going to go to Bay City and be part of that founding core or you're going to stay here in Saginaw, we need your time and we need your talent. Now, I know your time is limited. So is mine. And I know our talents aren't the same, but if we're going to begin a Hofeld church in Bay City, we're going to need everyone here who calls Hofeld their church home to steward the resources that God has entrusted to you toward this goal. Again, it includes those of you who are going to Bay City to be part of that founding core, but it's also going to include the rest of us who stay here in Saginaw. Why? Because we need to help fill the vacancies that are going to open up when they leave. See, if we just keep everything the, the same, you know, stay status quo, it's not going to happen. No, we need people like you who are going to be willing to give more of your time over these next several months. So that what? So that you can serve God, so that you can serve other people, so that you can serve this church through the unique talents that God has entrusted to you. That is the stewardship challenge before all of us. Now, when a pastor like me stands up before a church like you and says something like that, I realize that probably there are a lot of objections running through your mind, right? Objections, especially with a congregation this big. So here you are in a moment surrounded by nearly a thousand other people. And it's easy to convince yourself of one of two messages. I'm not needed, or someone else will do it, right? I mean, maybe it's different if you're a small church where you, you can't hide, right? And you have to sign up and volunteer, right, for everything. But here, you look around, and you convince yourself, I'm not needed, or someone else will do it. Let me tell you, that's just not true. The myth with a big church like ours is that we've got everything covered, but we don't. We don't, and even if we weren't making this move to Bay City, we still have many unfulfilled serving opportunities and ministry needs here. I'm not needed, someone else will do it. That is untrue, and it's unbiblical. Now, when we talk about the stewardship of our time and our talent in the church, there's a passage of Scripture I want us to look at that speaks to these very myths. It's found in the New Testament book of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. The apostle Peter, who wrote this, was one of Jesus' original disciples who later went on to be one of the key leaders of the first century church. And he says this to a group of Christians. Now listen up, this is really good stuff. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says this, that some of you should use whatever... No, what does he say? Each of you. Each of you. He was writing to people in the South. He'd say, y'all should use. Right? whatever gifts you have received to serve others, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter is saying, use the gifts, use the talents, use the abilities that God has given you to serve other people. That's the purpose, to serve others. It is so tempting to want to take those talents and turn them inward. Why? To make ourselves look good to further our own agenda, not to serve others, but to succeed over them. But that's not stewardship, that's selfishness. To say to God, God, thanks for what you've given me, but I'm going to go ahead and take those things and use them and do my own thing. I mean, that's the height of arrogance. It's the height of rebellion. That's not why God has gifted you the way he has. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. And I love how this verse ends. As faithful what? Stewards. That word we've been talking about. Stewards, managers of God's grace in its various forms. See, I just love what Peter says here because it validates that we all have a unique and special calling that God has given to us as Christians. Faithfully steward your God-given talents. Why? Because when you do, you minister the life changing, life-giving grace of God to other people, and you do so in a way that no one else can do quite like you. That's what this verse says. And when it all comes together, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. See, if you just take a pass and sit on the sidelines, you are withholding grace. That's what this passage says. You're withholding grace that God wants to flow in you and through you. Now, I say that not as a guilt trap. I'm just saying that as a reality check, that when we can each steward our time and our talents to serve others, the Holy Spirit brings all that together in a church body in a synergistic kind of way. And it unleashes God's light and his love and his hope and his grace to the world around us. So each of you, who call Hope Failure Church home. Use whatever gifts you have received from the Lord for what? To serve other people. How? As a faithful steward of God's grace in its infinitely various forms. And how exciting is that to think that each one of us represents a channel, a funnel, a, a spigot, a, a hose of the grace of God to those around us. And so with that in mind, I want you to think about, pray about how you can commit your time, your talent over these next several months toward this common vision. Again, whether you're staying here in Saginaw or going to Bay City. And as you do that, let me give you a couple more things to consider. The first is this, what do we need, right? What do we need? So I'm up here telling you that I want you to make a stewardship commitment of your time and your talents, and you might be thinking, hey, I'm in. I'm ready to help. What do you need? Well, as we've been making our plans, we've identified several ways for you to be involved. So let me start first with Hopel Bay City. Now, as I've been talking with some of you about this vision, I, I've noticed that two kinds of groups of people have emerged, right? The first group is those of you who live in and around Bay City, who are already committed to be part of this founding core. And, and to you, I say, way to go. It's awesome to have you on the ground floor. But then there's also been this second group, and it's those of you who live closer to here, and your long-term plan is to stay part of Hopel Saginaw, but you're willing to help with the Bay City launch for, you know, the next six months, the next year, whatever it's going to take, where you will attend there and, and serve there for a little while to help get things off the ground. And I think that's great, too. And so for Sundays at John Glenn High School, we need our welcome ministry to be as vibrant as it is here. See, we're using a space that isn't ours that we're going to want to try to make feel like home. So we need greeters at different entrances to help visitors navigate a new building. We'll need welcome center hosts to help put newcomers at ease and answer their questions. And of course, to answer the biggest question I'm hearing, yes, we will have coffee and donuts. And we need people <laughs> to serve that, right? And that's not just about food and drink. That's about creating a welcoming environment because we want to be a welcoming, inviting 
kind of church. We're going to need people serving in kids' ministries every Sunday. We're going to start with one service, and we need some of you to teach and minister the love of Jesus to children from birth to fifth grade. We're also going to need volunteers to help set up and transform school spaces into inviting kids' men's spaces. Speaking of setup, we're going to need people every week to get there early on a Sunday to haul our stuff in rolling cases from multiple trailers. And then guess what? We're going to need people to tear down and clean up and roll those cases back into those trailers. Now, thankfully, seating is already taken care of in the auditorium along with some AV equipment, so we're not going to start from scratch. But I don't want to minimize it. It is going to take a lot of work every single week to make Sundays happen there just like it does here. There are other needs we'll have as well in worship and community groups during the week with local outreach projects that we'll do and youth once that gets off the ground. We're starting something new and we're going to need a lot of you to come on board. Now we'll talk even more specifically about those serving opportunities at our upcoming Bay City Vision meetings and our core gatherings. But let me shift the focus back to here in Saginaw for a moment. See, as we go through this, we're going to face a simple math problem. A simple, actually, it's a simple subtraction problem, right? That is, people who are already involved in ministry here in Saginaw leave to help launch Hopevale Bay City. It's going to create some holes, isn't it? It's going to create some holes, simple subtraction. That's why I keep on saying this vision is for all of us. So even if you already know you're staying put, so for us to carry on effective ministry here at Hopevale Saginaw, not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week, we're going to need many of you to step up and start serving, or if you already are, to consider increasing your level of involvement. Like I said earlier, I realize, right, that our time is a limited resource. There's only so much that can go around, depending on your season of life. Some of you are stretched even further. But I want you to know this, that this is a commitment worth making. This is a commitment to something eternal, something that lasts, something that invests in what matters most, the lives of people and the things of God. Now, as the weeks go on and we get closer to the launch, we'll continue to share these serving needs with you, both for Bay City and for Saginaw. But before I leave this, what do we need question for today? I just want to add one last thing. Our ministry staff met this past week. We did an assessment of you know, where we're at as a church and not just talking about our future needs, but also our present ones. And with all that we're doing around here, we've identified that right now our greatest need at this moment is in kids' ministries, both in Tat Town, which is birth through pre-K, and Kids City, which is kindergarten through fifth grade. We get a lot of children here every Sunday. We do, every Sunday. This past month with our fall launch, we are averaging right around 250 children in Tot Town and Kid City every week. 250 kids. So, you know, the optimist says you're clapping because that's happening. The cynic says you're clapping because you're not helping. So, um... <laughs> Don't record that part. So, um, <laughs> but that's the thing. We have openings now. We're, we're short of volunteers. And again, it, it, it's not that you have to sign your life away, but boy, uh, Jenny Holiday, Jody Quinn, who work in our Kidsman area, would love to talk to you. You can call the office during the week, get on our website, a lot of information out there. This is great stuff, right? 
We're pouring into present and future generations the, the love of Jesus. And so, you know, I just want to say that as we're talking about what's down the road for us in Bay City, we have a lot of serving needs right now and could really use your help. So that's a bit of an overview of what we need now, both for the present and the future. But as we begin to wind down, one last thing I want to address as it relates to the stewardship of you, your time, your talents, and, and it's this question. Where do you fit? Where do you fit? It's an important question to think about because I believe in God's miraculous provision. I do. And so if we have serving needs to fill both here in Saginaw and in Bay City, then I believe God is going to provide what we need. And he's going to provide what we need right here with this church body called Hopewell, and that includes you. You may not know this or not, but you are part of God's miraculous provision. There is a reason why you are here for such a time as this. Really, why we're here together. There's a reason why he has given you the talents and the gifts and the abilities that you have. Now, some of those talents and abilities and gifts, they might be newly discovered. Others of you, they might be fully developed or they're probably somewhere in between. But whatever God has given you, part of your stewardship responsibility is to discover those gifts and then to develop those gifts and talents that God has given you. And then once you do that, then to find out where those fit in this church body and how you can use them. So how do you do that? Well, let me give you four quick guidelines to think through this fit question, and then I'll wrap up. So the first is this aptitude. How do you find your fit? Ask the aptitude question. Am I good at this? Am I good at this? As, I saw, as we saw in 1 Peter 4, God gives all of us spiritual gifts and natural talents to use for his kingdom work in this world. But those gifts aren't all the same, are they? No, some of us are good at singing, some of us are good at sawing, some of us are good at sewing. Some of us have great people skills, some of us are great problem solvers. Some of us have an eye for design, some of us have an ear for words, some of us are good up front, some of us are good behind the scenes, and on and on it goes. But see, here's what I know, all of us in this room have some kind of special aptitude, but sometimes that's hard for us to see. It is. See, in the years that I've worked with people, here's what I've discovered. That if something comes easy to us, we often presume it comes easy to everyone else. When we have an aptitude for something and something comes easy for us, we often think, well, just everybody's good at that. It's no big deal. But that's not the case. Some of you in here are great with numbers, right? You really are. It comes naturally. Others of us we're using our fingers and tip calculators at restaurants, right? You know, I mean, really. Don't ignore things like that. You know, as long as you remember that your gifts are from God, it's not boastful to recognize that you have a special aptitude with certain things, right? It's one of the ways you discern your fit. Aptitude, am I good at this? Here's the second, enjoyment. Enjoyment. Do I like doing this? Now, those first two often overlap, but not always. Sometimes we're good at things we don't like, and then sometimes we like to do things we're not very good at. So for me, you know, personally, I might enjoy cranking up the tunes in my car and singing at the top of the lungs, but that doesn't give me the permission to be up here singing every Sunday, right? And everybody said amen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't underestimate the enjoyment component. You know, I so appreciate, you know, the men, the women, the boys, the girls who serve in our church here who are tech nerds, right? 
tech nerds, and I, I mean that in the most affectionate way possible. They love to geek out over sound and lights, mixing boards, computers, and they bring that passion to their service here in the church. And sometimes I think it's hard for them to believe that not everyone likes it as much as they do, right? But it's true, and the same goes with people. Like maybe your thing is working with young kids. Maybe your thing is working with older teens. Maybe your thing is working with seniors, right? The point is, it is okay to enjoy what you do. Pay attention to that as you think about the where do you fit question. Couple more, affirmation. Do others affirm me? When I use these gifts, do others affirm me? See, the Bible teaches that God uses other Christians in our lives to help us discern our gifts and our talents. So there might be something you really like doing. You might have even convinced yourself that you're really good at it. But if others around you aren't affirming that, then you might be off a little, little bit, right? I call it the American Idol phenomenon, right? Or, or maybe America's got talent now, right? Or you're watching that show and sometimes the judge's feedback comes across pretty harsh, but you're watching at home, you're thinking the exact same thing, right? Right? Affirmation. Now, sometimes our gifts and talents, I talked about this earlier, might be a little raw and unpolished, right? And so we need leaders around us to help us develop those. But that's different than just not being our thing. Of being told that a certain role might not be the best fit for us. You know, as a pastor, those are some of the most difficult conversations I have to have. But I also know it's my role to speak the truth in love, even if it might be a little painful, right? Affirmation. Do others affirm me when I use these gifts and talents? And then finally, impact. Impact. Am I making a difference? You know, one of the greatest joys you're ever going to experience in this lifetime is to find out that God is using you to bring his blessings to other people. One of the greatest joys. It is an amazing feeling, it really is, and that's true for everyone here, not just us pastors up front. That's the point of 1 Peter 4, that when you use your gifts to serve others, God unleashes his grace in a way that is unique to, to you, right? This life-giving, life-changing grace of God. Now, we don't always get to see or hear about the impact we make in the lives of others, but I think God has a reason for that. I think he gives us enough to encourage us, but not too much to give us a big head, Right? And also, when it comes to God's kingdom work in this world through his church, the impact we make usually isn't seen right away. It's not, but it eventually bears fruit over the long run. That's actually one of the reasons why Jesus told the parable of the sower, the seeds, and the four soils, right? So that his disciples and, and us, that we would keep on going and not give up if we didn't see results right away. But if we have patience, if we have perseverance, if we keep on stewarding our time and using our talents to serve others, God will use us to make a difference in the lives of others. Aptitude, enjoyment, affirmation, impact. These are some of the ways we discover our place in the body of Christ. So imagine, right? Imagine if all of us here made a stewardship commitment of our time and our talents for this season in the life of our church. A season where we, instead of playing it safe, we're going to take a step of faith, a big step of faith. We're going to extend ourselves even further beyond the four walls of this church so that we can invite even more people to know and follow Jesus with us. Wouldn't that be great? I think it would. But to do that, we need you. We need all of you. Whether you're heading to Bay City or staying right here in Saginaw, we need you on board. 
Now, some of those serving opportunities are open right now. Others of them will open up as we continue to unfold our plans for Bay City. But whatever that's going to be for you, here's what you need to know. That the church of Jesus Christ is at its best when it's not a few people doing everything, but rather it's many people doing something. Can I say that again? The church is at its best when it's not a few people doing everything, but it's a lot of people doing something, right? So commit to do something. Commit to be part of the many so that we as a church can truly be the light of the world that we can shine Jesus as brightly as we can to those around us. So that in mind, I'm going to have you stand, we're going to pray, and then we're going to respond with this song of worship. But I just want to pray for us right now, pray for our church, pray for you and your stewardship of time and talent. God, thank you. God, thank you that we gather in this place for worship. We've been singing, we've been praying, here's my heart, Lord, speak what is true, and I pray that you've used every element of the service to do so, including this message. What an honor, what a privilege it is that you have gifted us uniquely with abilities, talents, spiritual gifts that we're to use to serve others, and when we do, your grace is unleashed. And people get to see Jesus People get to experience Jesus. People get to enter into the life that Jesus alone offers. Now, God, I realize with the hundreds gathered here, we all have our own situations, different gifts, different abilities, different seasons of life. So we're not going to compare ourselves with each other, you know, in a, in a proud kind of way or a defeatist kind of way. No, we're just going to look to you and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because, God, um, it's so exciting to think about where you're leading us and that we get to do this together at such a pivotal juncture in the life of our church. We're taking a step of faith. We believe you're leading us in this direction. We need to do that together. Here's our heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Speak what is true so that we may be your witnesses, reflections of the light of Jesus to the world around us. This we pray. In his powerful name, amen.
What a powerful reminder. As we're singing that song, I thought, you know why we're sending a team to Haiti? You know why we're taking this step to go to Bay City? You know why God is going to send you into your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, your circle of friends? It's because you are. It's because we are his light sent out into a dark world. That's why we're doing this. We are bearers of the glorious message of our Savior Jesus Christ and his great love for all people. Next week, we'll wrap up our visions uh, series. We'll, we'll talk about the how and the stewardship of our resources. But as you go from here, may you be the light of Christ to the world around you. God bless you.